without LeBron, Lakers are our I don't know, Jack. I think big decision. I've often said that the people who run baseball, they try very hard to ruin it. I'm not Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Thank you. I thought I was right. So anyway, so... You're really interested in these playoffs. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to NESSP in the Morning with Mac and Jack. I'm your host, Mac, and your co-host also, Jack Hirsch, as we've been together for a long time. And we keep bringing you some of the greatest news and sports all the time. Uh, welcome to everybody that is joining us and that will be joining us. Good morning to you. Good morning to Jack and Jack. Um, I guess we got to get this thing rocking, buddy. What, what, what do you say? No, no, I just want to relax and listen to you, Matt. I mean, I have a lot to say. I don't know whether you want to hear it or not, but let's give it a go. Okay, okay, we'll give it a go. So uh, let's first start by talking about the the, uh, the coaching uh, over in Pittsburgh. There was a lot of different uh, people or different uh, commentators talking about that maybe this was the – uh, last year for uh, Mike Tomlin, or maybe he'd take a year off and, uh, you know, and go to maybe the commentating, uh, maybe spend some time with his family. He's been doing this thing for 17 years. But according to Mike Tomlin, according to what he said this morning, Jack, he's going to be back at Pittsburgh next year. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's up to Coach Tomlin what he wants to do. Early in the season, there were some whispers that maybe the Steelers might want to move on from him. But I don't think that was ever serious consideration. Uh, Mike Tomlin's position as coach was different from others, was much different from Bill Belichick's because he got the feeling that Bill Belichick wanted to stay at New England, never on his own would have gone elsewhere and wasn't looking to retire. But in the case of Mike Tomlin, you kind of wondered whether he was getting a little tired of it. You do it a lot of years, it takes a toll. And eventually, these coaches won a life. I mean, I remember what Bill Parcells said about Bill Belichick. Well, eventually, he said Bill Belichick will see there's a life outside of football. Well, Bill Belichick hasn't seen that yet. Some coaches are like that. That's what they like to do. I agree. I agree. And, Frankie, we're definitely going to get talking about the Eagles here in a minute. But first, uh, as far as Eagles coaching goes, but there was a big announcement, Jack, uh, after the game future Hall of Famer center for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jason Kelsey said he's retiring. He's done. And, you know, that's going to affect uh, the Eagles offensive line big time. He's been there forever. He was kind of the, the you know, the the uh, the uh, the person who was in charge of the blocking formations. He pulled a lot. He was big on the uh, 
big on the tush push. I mean, he's the first guy that went, you know, went underneath. So what do you think, Jack? How does this affect the Eagles offense next coming year? Lane Johnson, Landon Dickerson, Kelsey amongst others. The offensive line was supposed to be a strength for the Philadelphia Eagles. And against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all game long, uh, Jalen Hurts hardly had time to breathe. So I don't, I mean, he's one of the all-time great centers. He's in all probability, Jason Kelsey, going to be a first uh, ballot Hall of Fame. I, you know, without a doubt, a great, great center. But uh, Diego's in the mess, in a disarray. And he's been in the league for 13 years. So there was going to get to a point, if it wasn't going to start next year, it was going to start the year after the year after that, where Jason Kelsey was going to begin a decline anyway. So the decision more or less was going to be made for him and that the Eagles weren't going to pay him top dollar. He was going to have to transition and see whether he'd eventually want to hang on. So he's leaving on his own terms. He's leaving basically where he's close to the top of his game. I mean, he may have lost a step, even though some people are going to say, well, he hasn't lost anything at all. It would appear that he did lose a step. There'd be certain penalties during the year. And like I said a moment ago, the Eagle offensive line left something to be desired. And he has had to be held at least a little bit responsible for that. But when you get legends like a Jason Kelsey, people can't see their flaws when they become older players. We remember that with LT with the Giants, Matt. It used to drive me crazy at the end of his career when you hear the commentators say he hasn't lost a thing. Are they kidding? He, he turned from Superman into a very good player. But that's quite a drop when you were on the level that LT was. And I think it's the same as Jason Kelsey. I think he did lose a quarter of a step or so, even though he was basically better than the majority of the centers. Maybe he saw the wan tan his body, his performance was slipping a little. And he was probably fed up with the Eagles at the end of the year, the way they were performing. And he probably was thinking to himself, or may have been thinking, you know, my Super Bowl window is now kind of shut. Because he was thinking of retiring a year ago, but they came so close to winning the Super Bowl, Matt, that he thought, let me run it back one more year. We can get it done this year. I don't think he has the same feeling anymore. I didn't have the same feeling for next year. So I was half right. I said that, you know, maybe Travis Kelsey, maybe this was his last year. And talking about losing a step, he has lost his step. He's not, he's nowhere, you know, he's he's still a great tight end, but he's not what he was uh, a few years back. My because he's hurt. We don't know. And, Jack, does this put a little more pressure or maybe make it a little easier if Travis Kelsey retires with his brother retiring uh, this year? Well, Travis Kelsey said he's going to be back next year. Uh, he was open, pretty open about that. So he's going to be coming back. But he did say early in the year he seriously thought about retiring. You know, there's a saying in boxing, once a, once a boxer talks about retiring, he's already halfway out the door. He can't perform as well. Just the idea that you don't want to necessarily keep on playing forever the players who want to keep on playing forever, who absolutely love it, you would think their enthusiasm might be a little higher as opposed to players who are talking about retiring 
because players are any athlete who's talking about retiring. In a certain sense, he's giving himself an out. If he doesn't perform well, he says, I'll just retire. He doesn't, he's not pushing back maybe as hard as he can. But, you know, it's the way it is. But Travis Kelsey's body's taking quite a pounding. But guess what, Mac? He's still, the Chiefs are still playing. The Chiefs are still playing. And let's see what he does moving forward. It just takes one big game. It just takes them getting to the Super Bowl. Imagine the Chiefs win the Super Bowl again. And Travis Kelsey's Super Bowl MVP. Any any thought about retiring is out the window. He might be thinking, I want to do this for years now. This is fun. Look at Gronk, another one, an all-time great tight end. He kept hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. Tom Brady would bring him back to the Buccaneers after he was retired from the Patriots. And had Brady continued, you'd never know how long Gronk, whose body took a big beating, would have continued on. But, it, but the, the physical toll, Mac. The physical toll gets to the point where it wears you down mentally. And that was seemed to be the case with Travis Kelsey a little early in the year. I think there's a lot going on there, Jack. I think, you know, like I said, they're 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 planning on getting engaged, him and Taylor Swift. They both got plenty of money. Uh his brother retiring, they got a podcast. Um, you know, and even even if he sticks around, say the Chiefs do use your scenario, say they do win. I'd rather I'd rather go out on top than uh, you know trying to chase another ring. So you know, I, listen, I I still think this may be Travis Kelsey's last year. So let's get to the upset that all of us saw coming. Everybody but the Philly sports guy saw this coming. He's well, I I, didn't see, I, I, I thought it could happen, but I, I was sticking uh, with the Philly sports yes, guy. Yes, so did so did Keith, kind of. But I think I think deep down we knew this was a very possible upset coming. Yeah, um, you know, according to I think his exact words were they were going to steamroll uh, Tampa Bay by running the ball, which they didn't do. I don't know why they didn't run the ball more. They got a great running game and a great uh, offensive. Uh, run blocking team, maybe not so much in pass anymore, but they still got that big. They still got the pulling center and the pulling guard, and they just didn't do it, Jack. And and it, I scratch my head when when you know this is your your best weapon right now is the running game. Uh, Jalen Hurts is having problems. He's got a bad finger. You don't have your wide receiver in there. I mean, what are you doing? Why do you refuse to run the ball when that's your best option? I don't get it, Jack. Mac, I saw a team in the Philadelphia Eagles who just didn't seem to care during the game. I mean, there's certain differences. Like, take the Cowboys with the Packers. I don't think the Cowboys back uh, gave up. They just didn't really have the uh, they didn't have the enthusiasm. Maybe the Cowboys could have. They didn't have the self belief that they could come back. Something was missing with the Cowboys, but I don't think they gave up. I don't think they were fighting amongst themselves. Did you see the sideline? Jalen Hurts, no enthusiasm, no leadership. He was sulking by himself. He wasn't getting up trying to rally the troops. Got it. They're great tight end. He's yelling at Jalen Hurts. Imagine the tight end yelling at the quarterback. Jalen Hurts isn't a novice quarterback. He was one of the elite quarterbacks in the league a few weeks ago. Jalen Hurts was constantly under pressure. They were constantly in his face. He didn't have much room to breathe. He didn't have A.J. Brown there. That was an incredible loss. 
when you don't have an A.J. Brown to help bail you out of certain situations. Devontae Smith, you know, stepped up, played a big game. The tackling was atrocious with the Eagles, too. The blocking, the tackling. I saw a team that was in complete disarray. I thought come playoff time, they would get it together somewhat. You know, when they were down 16-10 at the half, I thought, you want to know something? The Eagles can now get it together. They're getting outplayed. They're only down six points. They could come on and win the game. And the division on the sideline amongst the team was awful what was going on. Awful. I mean, you rarely see a team that kind of, you know, was as divided as the Philadelphia Eagles were. And what does this mean going forward? Matt, you tell me it's not all of a sudden going to come together. There's got to be some real changes in Philadelphia. And we just thought six weeks ago or so they were an elite team. What yeah. happened to make them fall apart all of a sudden the way they did? Good good morning, Sonia. Yes, you are correct. They did get out coached and out played in almost every, every facet of the game. And I always, you know, I've been saying this for a while that there is a locker room issue. Um, you know, there is something that's going on that we don't know about, whether it's, you know, whether they're, 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 they're fighting each other or they're fighting the coaches. It looks like they're doing both over there. You know, I, there's going to be a shakeup, Jack. I'm not sure if Sirianni goes or not. I know the Eagle fans want him gone. They're throwing things at him as he's going off the field and booing him and all this good stuff. And, and I know for sure the offensive and defensive coordinator are going to go. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Sirianni, I mean, he's the head coach. He's responsible. He's, you know, he's where the buck stops. So does that make him go too? Do they clear house? But if you clear house, you're back to what? Rebuilding the Eagles again? I I, I don't know. I don't know what happens there. They're kind of stuck right now, Jack. They're kind of stuck. So if, say they do get rid of two offense, the offensive and defensive coordinators, uh, does Jalen Hurts, how does that affect him? How does that affect the offensive game play calling next year? How does that, you know, how does that affect the defensive game playing calling next year? I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. I had a very big personality text me uh, yesterday and said, I'm Nostradamus because I predicted the Eagles and Dallas both to lose this week. And, and you know, and, and I think when it comes to the Eagles and Dallas, there's a lot of coaches available to him. There's a guy named Bill Belichick that might go to Dallas, depending if depending if Jerry Jones is willing to give up a little bit of his power. Because I think Bill Belichick, like Bill Parcells, is going to want to have some control. I'm not sure if it's going to be in the draft. I know he's going to want to say, but I think he's going to want to control the players and what happens with the players. I don't know uh, if... The Eagles can do that with Belichick. I don't know if Rosen, if he's still there, will let him do that. I know Atlanta wants Dallas. I mean, wants Belichick. They're a quarterback away. They'd have to get a quarterback to make him interested, whether it's a Kirk Cousins or it's a Justin Fields. I don't know. I'm just saying Atlanta is probably the least likely unless they get a quarterback that Bill Belichick feels he can work with. So, Jack, I'll turn it back to you. What do you think happens to the Dallas in the Eagles this year. Matt, let me start with Dallas. I'm not an apologist for Jerry Jones. Believe me, I'm not. But let's stop making him a scapegoat here. He's not just the owner. He's the GM. 
and he's had success as a GM. They haven't gotten to the Super Bowl in ages, true, but they've had three 12 and five seasons in a row. That's amongst the best in the NFL. They just didn't get it done in the playoffs. The last two years before this, you can argue that perhaps they lost to a better team in the 49ers. This year, you can't make that argument. It's totally unacceptable to lose to the Packers, and especially in the fashion they did. But why are we blaming Jerry Jones? He turned it over to Mike McCarthy completely. Mike McCarthy got his wish to call the plays to basically to be the de facto offensive coordinator. He hasn't been meddling Jerry Jones as far as we can see. He's the GM. He's allowed to make some moves. The closest Jerry Jones has come to completely meddling and being in charge was when he traded a fourth round draft pick to get Trey Lance, okay, as a project. Good gosh, that's not my idea, meddling. He doesn't tell the coaches who to play. He's not on the sidelines. He's the GM. He makes certain moves, and they've been decent moves. He signed Zach Martin to a big extension. He handles the Dak Prescott contract negotiations. Let's leave Jerry Jones alone in this, okay? Let's really leave him alone in this because he doesn't have a history of panicking and getting rid of coaches. Mike McCarthy has one year left on the contract. I'm starting to think Mike McCarthy is going to be back for this one last year in a Super Bowl of bust type of scenario. I don't know, That's Jack. I don't know. Like Jerry Jones was really upset about the loss to a, a, a Wouldn't you be? Was, yeah, they had more talent than, than Tampa Bay. Almost at every position. How's he meddling, Jerry Jones? Oh, now, now, well, listen, Jerry Jones is the owner. I don't know I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not blaming Jerry Jones. He's a GM, too. I don't GM know who it is. But anyway, listen, You Dallas has been 12-5, and five, but the Eagles went to the Super Bowl last year. So you're, if you're saying that they're going to keep uh, McCarthy, then why wouldn't they keep, uh, you know, why wouldn't they keep Sirianni? He, they have more success. I, so, listen, Jack, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying that the only way to 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 move on – and listen, the Eagles have fired people that went to the Super Bowl, right? They have done that. They, they, they fired Peterson two years after that he went to the Super Bowl. And they fired – I forget who else. They fired another coach. I think it was Reeves or something. The point I'm trying to make, Jack, is that they will fire coaches even if they go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. It depends how much power the coach is going to give up. Doug Peterson could have stayed as the Eagle coach if he'd given the front office a lot of concessions. Basically, he would have been stripped of his powers. When you've been in charge for the most part of personnel, the most major decisions, and all of a sudden you're told, just coach the team. You'll have really nothing to do with the decisions. Just coach the guys we give you, and you're not going to have input. And you're not even going to have input who your assistant coaches are. That's a tough pill to swallow. That's what happened at New England. Robert Kraft considered all his options with Bill Belichick. And one of the options would be stripping Belichick of his powers and just having him coach the team. And Robert Kraft said he knows from all his businesses once someone has been completely in charge, it's not going to work if you strip them of their powers. Yeah, it's I, I, not going to work. There's going to be too much resentment. There's going to be too much dissension. 
And that's one of the reasons he moved on from Bill Belichick. But at Dallas, let me let me ask you this, Mac. Let's say they got Bill Belichick. Let's hypothetically. And the Cowboys during the regular season were having success next year. And they finished at 12 and 5. I think they'd sign up for that in all probability. So it all comes down to the playoffs now. Yes. If they lose in the playoffs, yes. no one cares about the regular season I, there anymore. I agree. I agree. I agree. And that's a tough job to take because See, basically you're playing for the playoffs. Listen, your Giants, the two Super Bowls they won, they were nine and seven and ten and six during the regular season. No one cares about the regular season record now when they look back. They just look back. The Giants won the Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, listen, there are teams that would love to finish 12 and five three years in a row, that's for sure. But yeah. you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Good morning, Joe. Glad that and you're how you lose, Matt. Matt, could I just say something? Sometimes it's the circumstance how you lose. Fans can sometimes accept it. Dak Prescott's rookie year, the Cowboys were 13 and three in the regular season. They lost to the Packers. It was something like 38 35. And Rogers and Dak Prescott dueled. It was a legendary type game. Right. They lose by three points to a very strong Packer team. Disappointing, yes, but at least you could swallow that to a degree. Can you swallow the butt whipping you got by the Green Bay Packers, who are basically considered a novice playoff team in transition? No, I mean, they're the, the youngest team in football just came up and beat you. Listen, Jack, the most alarming thing to me. And, and this is from a coach's point of view, okay? They didn't make adjustments from one game to another. Never mind. I mean, you know, Dan Quinn decides I'm going to put my lighter safeties at middle linebacker, uh, and, and Aaron, you know, Aaron Jones runs all over him. They did the same thing with the Giants. They didn't change anything, and, and that was alarming. And then you have on the other side, but the Eagles, you know, the Giants blitz the Eagles Every play at the end of the game. And, uh, of course, Jalen Hurst couldn't make an adjustment to that. Well, Tampa Bay does the same thing. And it, they didn't change nothing. They didn't They didn't prepare. Uh, uh, they, they, they did they, what you didn't expect. Those teams would see that and copy that. Of course they did. I'm used to making adjustments at halftime, right? I mean, if the sun's not working the first half, I'm going to try to do something to, to, to adjust to their offense and their defense. They didn't do it, Jack. For from the last game, now why would why wouldn't you do that? That's the thing that's alarming to me about Dan Quinn and Sirianni slash the offensive coordinator on the other side. You've got to change up because they're scouting you. They're, they're watching the games. They know what you're going to do, and you continue to do it. And then you lost, and you're going to continue to do it again. That means to me that those coaches, that the defensive coordinator of Dallas, is gone. I, I was texting Jim Jeffcoat during the game. He said, you know, that that he's gone. There's there's no question in his mind. He he was there that, that Dan Quinn is going to be released. There's no doubt in his mind about that. And maybe Mike McCarthy after the game, he said that too. He's not sure, but he was sure about Quinn. And I think that you could say the same thing about the coordinators for the Eagles. At the very least, they're going to be gone. And that's just for not, not being prepared. Yeah, yeah, like I said the other day in today's NFL, it's not just what you've been doing all along. It's what you can do going forward in the short term. And you look back at Nick Sirianni, 
They went to a Super Bowl a year ago. They still made the playoffs this year, even though they collapsed at the end of the year. So based on his resume, he absolutely shouldn't get fired based on his resume of success. But going forward, he had no control of that team. There's no indication he's going to have it next year going forward. In the case of Mike McCarthy, is he really the coach to take you to the next level? He's had a nice regular season run three years in a row, but is he going to take you to the next level? You know, everyone's calling Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick. You know, in the four years since Tom Brady left, they've made the playoffs one year and they got obliterated in that playoff game. Yeah. Who's to say Bill Belichick would have more success than Mike McCarthy at Dallas? Well, what you saw with Bill Belichick is a Patriot locker room that stayed playing hard, even though they were totally. Well, the Cowboys, you can't, you can't and say they. I, I can, I can, Jack, I can. They didn't, as you said, they didn't tackle. They were running it. I mean, they didn't play. They, I, I think the Cowboys are too much into themselves. I think Micah Parsons uh, talks way too much about you know, about being maybe the best linebacker and in, in, in Cowboy history and that maybe, you know, that Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb are the best in Cowboy history and not talking about the Green Bay Packers. They didn't – they either took them – they took them for granted. There's no doubt about it. They thought they were going to go in there and just beat the Green Bay Packers as the Eagles did with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So no doubt in my mind. They say, look who we're playing, Baker, Mayfield, come on. And I know they were thinking the same thing about the Packers. They're, they – they're young, they're inexperienced, they're a good team, but they're not as good as us. The and Packers I- had enthusiasm. The Cowboys yeah. didn't. But the yeah. Cowboys had been on such a good run of success to get the second seed. Keep that in mind. You can't be psyched for every game the same way. Some games you're more up for than the other. I understand that. I'm, I, I don't tell me the way it should be, Mac. Tell me the uh, way it is. Not the, the way Jack. it should be. It doesn't work that way, Mac. You're not. You don't have the same psychological level for every you single game. The first game of the playoffs against the Packers, you're not going to be as up for that game as you would be if you were playing the 49ers late on in the playoffs. You're just not. And well, when they saw the Green Bay Packers, I said a lot of guys in that locker room and in that organization thought this is a gimme for the most part we're just better than these guys we're I going to win that. this game i, I don't think that. if they were playing the 49ers or even the detroit lions i think they would have been a lot more on edge going into the game they'd be a lot more ready you know psychologically ready than they were to play the Packers. and, and there's another thing too they thought that no one could beat them at home i mean they beat everybody at home and they, and they, I, I think that was part of their well, mindset. Well, the coaching, Dak Prescott was trying to communicate with receivers during the game. He would seem to like, when they were lining up, he'd take a couple of steps, say, you go here, you go there. It was like a practice where they were working on things yeah. during the game. I mean, and I saw a team that just wasn't yeah. this way. Dan Quinn, you mentioned him a while ago. He was a hot head coaching candidate. Yes. A lot of people thought he was going to get a head job in the offseason. And wow, he's out of the equation now. No one's yep. hiring him for a head coaching job uh, right now, at least. I, 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 would, I, would, I would agree with that 100%. And yeah, they, 
Didn't think they'd be the throne in old castle. I, listen, I mean, like I said, I talked to Jim Jeffco, and they said they they were just. Uh, that, Did you see our guy tags the Philly sports guy? They showed the <laughs> yeah, I saw, uh, when Diego scored the touchdown. He was going go birds. He was psyched. Yeah. yeah, and then he was like all depressed late in the game. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's just they listen. He's a he's an Eagle fan through and through, and and Mac. You know. It shows you you never know. About five six weeks ago, before before the Eagles started their demise and when the Cowboys were really strong, if someone said both the Cowboys and Eagles are going to get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, the Packers are going to completely dominate the Cowboys and the Buccaneers were completely going to dominate the Eagles, you would have laughed. You said the Packers and the Buccaneers, come on. You know, you know that I think the biggest surprise maybe was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because their division is it wasn't the best all year. Um, you know, they just they just snuck by at nine and seven, I think it was, or nine and eight. And you know, it's it that was a bigger surprise to a lot of people, I think. Not to me, but I think to some people it was a bigger surprise uh, than it should have been because you know, you, I could just see the Eagles deteriorating. Uh, every game, they were just getting worse and worse as they went ahead. So let's. let's... I think you make a good point. Let me just enclose in this a good point. I think there are two elements involved in the with the Packers and the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers, in large part, looked good because the Eagles were so bad. I yes. think, in large part, the Packers looked good because they're genuinely good and on an upswing. Okay. I yeah. think that's the difference involved. I think the Packers are clearly a better team than the Buccaneers. I know the Buccaneers have some nice name pieces in there, you know, as well. But I think there's a difference involved. I think the Packers might be a genuine dark horse team. I think so, too, you know, to go to the Super Bowl, But they have a big mountain to climb in the 49ers. I, I yeah I listen I think I think you know this this is the the Cinderella story is the Packers if they beat uh, San Fran I mean I, you know, hard, hard to go to San Fran with their I was I was a little disappointed in Evans and in, in Mike Evans uh, during that game he had two passes that Good went point. right through his hands and you know the Tampa Bay would have dropped jumped out to about fourteen and seventeen and nothing right away yeah, that's kept, a great point he's a free agent too. And he, you kind of wonder whether a team like the Jets, if they're looking for free agent signing, they need a second receiver. Mike Evans is an elite receiver. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no Some of those drafts he's had, and he's been a Tampa Bay Buccaneer icon, been with him his whole career. Uh, Whether the Bucs work out a deal with him to stay, who knows at this point. I, I agree. All right, so the games, again, we talked about Tampa Bay uh, dominating the Eagles as they, they ran, they passed better, they tackled better, they were outcoached. Uh, you know, uh, so let's look ahead, Jack. Tampa Bay versus Detroit. Detroit's probably the most complete team in the NFC, right? Offensively, defensively, running, passing. They're probably the most complete. Um, can Tampa Bay go into Detroit and keep this going? I don't think so. I think that was it for Tampa. They won their they won their playoff game, and now they're going to kind of come back down to earth. They're going to play a team that can throw and run and and everything. So I, I you know, defense is I think going to be all over Baker Mayfield. Uh, they're not going to protect them against that defensive front of Detroit like they did uh, versus the Eagles, Jack. 
I can't believe it, Mac. You're thinking the way I do. After I said the other day a team plays with house money, you're basically saying it for the Buccaneers. Well, they won their division. You didn't say that. <coughs> then you didn't mention they won their playoff game. They can go home now. It's good. It's not. I just think that, I just I, I just don't think they're talented as, as Detroit is, Jack. I didn't think they were as talented as Dallas, but here you got a team that's together under a coach that is that is willing them to win. Uh, I, I just think with the talent, with the will, I, I like the I like the Lions. Are we underrating the Tampa Bay Buccaneer head coach Todd Bowles a little bit because he's been a career defensive coordinator? Remember when they won the Super Bowl, they beat the Chiefs. Their defense made life miserable for Patrick Mahomes, and that was Todd Bowles' defense. What happens if they're bringing it the same way against the Lions the way they did against the Eagles? I mean, we're going under the assumption, at least I am, that the Eagles were awful. They didn't block. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. The Lions are going to be a completely different proposition. Yeah, logic tells you the Buccaneers are going to Detroit. The Lions should win there. And the home crowd of the Lions is phenomenal, the way they're going to push that team. But maybe the Buccaneers can come up with the same defensive effort. They can keep the score down. Baker Mayfield can make plays, okay? He has the receivers. Mike Evans is not likely to have the same drops again. And if they can run the ball on the Lions, you know, it's possible the Lions should win the game. And I would think they would win it with room to spare. You would think that. But but during these playoffs, you always get one team that you don't expect much of, and they go on a little bit of a run, even if they don't get to the Super Bowl. They, if you know, they win a couple of games. You know, I, and they surprise the heck out of us, and we keep thinking, well, that's the Packers this year. Maybe it's the Texans. Wouldn't it be something, Mac, if the Packers and Texans eliminated the next game, and it's the Buccaneers that advance? I, I think, I think the most underrated. A person right now, uh, underrated quarterback is Jared Goff. I mean, we saw what happened last week. Uh, in the beginning of the year, Goff had his problems holding under the ball and that, but he, he bounced back from that. And you know, we all thought Matt Stafford was going to go. Not we all, but a lot of us thought Matt Stafford's going back into Detroit, and he's going to show why they made that trade. I think Goff right now is better than Matt Stafford. Uh, you know, if they were in the same off, if 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 Goff had those weapons, he'd be just as good. Let's put it that way. I think Detroit. Maybe. I, maybe. I, listen, Jack. I know. I know you think that he's just a. But uh, the Rams won the Super Bowl. It's because the Rams made and a good and who's to say that if they didn't keep golf, the same thing would have happened? I don't know. I mean, listen, I, 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 maybe not. Maybe so. I don't know. He did take them to a Super Bowl. Golf did take the Rams to a Super Bowl before Stafford went to a Super Bowl. So, I mean, to me, and, and they lost thirteen they're very, to three. Mac, right. has Stafford been the quarterback Jack, against the Patriots? You went up against the Patriots, right? Well you went up against one of the, you went up against one of the greatest. Uh, 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 organizations there was at the time. All I'm saying, Jack, is we don't really know how good Goff would have played if he went up and played in place of Stafford. So let's just say for the moment they're equal. Let's just say they're equal. I think that Detroit Lions are going to put it on Tampa Bay. 
I think Goff is going to have a huge game. He's not worried about getting blitzed like like the Eagle quarterback, like Hertz is. He's he's not gonna he's not gonna try and force things. I think they protect him. They got a really good offensive line, especially in pass blocking. I think Detroit wins this by ten or more points, Jeff. Yeah, you would you would think so. And Detroit's defense, especially you know at home, is going to be really tough. It was interesting what Aiden Hutchinson said after the game, after the victory over the Rams, they were actually looking forward to playing the Cowboys. Yeah. They didn't know who they would be playing, you know, whether it was going to be Philadelphia, Tampa Bay. But he said they were looking, they were psyched to go to Dallas, actually. And this is when the Cowboys are riding high because they lost such a close game against Dallas before, so a couple of weeks before. So it showed the level of competitiveness yeah. this Lion team has. I agree, Jack. And I I'm going to tell you, if the Packers upset the 49ers and the Lions win, the you know, the Lions are going to be at home again for the NFC yes. Championship game. Yes. Talk about yeah. being in a nice position. I know, right? I mean, I mean, listen, that that imagine Detroit having a championship home game. I mean, they'll go crazy there right now. So, let's take a look at the other game. Of course, we watched the Packers beat the Cowboys. Um, listen, some people said they had a bad day, a bad game, which happens. But if they had a bad day, it was at the worst time. They couldn't they stop Aaron Jones. The Cowboys. Everyone knew Aaron Jones was going to run the ball. Everyone knew for the Packers yeah. to win the game, they had to run Aaron Jones. And Cowboys yeah. still couldn't stop it. I Listen, I agree. I agree. And that's because, that's because, wait a minute, that's because they had those light safeties there, Jack. You had a guy, 207 pounds, taking on a blocker at 320, coming straight at him. They just they every time they put that defense in, they handed the ball off to Aaron Jones. But let's not sh- let's not not talk about uh, uh, about uh, Jordan Love. What a game, dude! He looked like Aaron Rodgers. I hate to say it, but he did pinpoint accuracy, moving around in the pocket, making throws when he's getting hit, throwing off his back foot in the air. Any throw that you could imagine, uh, it was listen. It was great. He played a great game. I, I didn't think he was going to be all that midseason. I said he's half and half. He might be a good quarterback next year. He made me swallow my words yesterday, Jack. Well, you got to wonder what Aaron Rodgers is thinking. Can you imagine the Packers go on to win the Super Bowl his first year away from the team? I mean, that would, that would really be something. But Jordan Love is a quarterback that's coming of age. The Packers know they have their quarterback of the future now. And it was a blessing in disguise for the Packers last year where they could move on from Aaron Rodgers. When they drafted Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers proceeded to have two MVP seasons in a row. He was phenomenal. So how do you play Jordan Love? You can't. Last year, Aaron Rodgers was partly hurt the year. He had a so-so year. It may have been because of an injury. But if Aaron Rodgers had bought in completely, chances are the Packers would have started Aaron Rodgers this year. They weren't going to move on from him. They didn't know what they had in Jordan Love for sure. But now that he's getting to play, especially towards the end of the season, he really started putting it together. He wasn't as good early in the season, but he's getting to play, gaining in confidence, having a connection with his young receivers because the more they play together, 
And Green Bay, I'll tell you, talk about a team in transition. That's got to be a very rewarding year for their coach, Matt LaFleur. Yeah, to be in transition and to go in the play, go to the playoffs and maybe make a deep playoff run and who knows, maybe even win it all when all is said and done is a phenomenal year. You know, Coach Tom Landry, they once asked him his biggest thrill in football. And it was the year they lost a Super Bowl game to the Steelers uh, the first time around. They played them twice in the Super Bowl. He said to go to the Super Bowl in a rebuilding year was my biggest thrill. Listen, I, 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 I listen. I just want to want to make the to double down a little bit on Green Bay. That's the youngest team in the NFL, Jack. You know, we talk about rookie quarterbacks and stuff like this. Their average age is twenty five years old across the board. I mean, think of how long this team could be. Maybe you start a dynasty at Green Bay. Maybe they start. I mean, you got a good three four years. If they keep everybody there 25 years old, Jack, you're, you're talking about you're talking about some players on rookie contracts. You're talking about already people that have signed on the defensive side. The defense looks really good right now. I, listen, I, I think they have just as good, a, uh, uh, just as good a shot to have an unbelievable rain here in the next three, four years as any team in the NFL, Jack. That's how that's how it's like. But you felt that way about the Chicago Bears, trending in the right direction, and well, the I, 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 I and the Lions are in that division, Matt. Yes, it's going to be a tough division. I still think that the that the Bears are trending in the right direction. We'll see what happens next year. What happens? Yeah, next you know, year. that's an interesting thing. Just in the coaching carousel, let me just gently go back to it for a moment. Sure. Uh, it's been in the news. The new Patriot coach Gerard Mayo, he offered the Belichick sons the chance to stay. I didn't notice he had a, an especially close relationship with Stevie Belichick. Yes. From the time when Gerard Mayo was a player, they're very close. Right. What do you do if you're the Belichick sons? You kind of think they're going to join their dad. And how would Stevie Belichick feel? This is his buddy, Gerard Mayo. They got a great working relationship Gerard Mayo could even elevate him to an assistant coach at some point. Right. And would he stay with the Patriots and show what he could do? But do you stay with the Patriots? You want the Patriots to win a Super Bowl if you're the coach, even though you'd be on their staff. Of course, right. you'd be working towards that. Interesting scenario. Do you try to make it on your own or do you join your dad? You know, everybody, everybody says something about, you know, playing in your or coaching in your in your father's shadow. Very very hard to do. I uh, listen. I think he takes what gives him the best opportunity, right, Jack? And I think Bill would want him to do that. If that means going with his dad and maybe coaching in Dallas, maybe he does that. But if the better opp opportunity for him to advance is with the Patriots, I think his dad would say, "Stay with the Patriots and grab your opportunity." But I, but I, but that's this element too. It's not a charity thing. Chances are, Bill Belichick will think, "Wow." My sons know my coaching style. They, they would really be an asset to me more than anyone else I could hire. Forget about them being my sons for a moment. I can trust these guys. They know right. the game. They're efficient. They're good. And then there's the loyalty factor with the sons, Don. If, you know, we want to help our dad out. Yeah. And it, it's a tough situation. I I I believe if if I'm their father, I think if you you're their father, you would want your your son to well, go 
to the best place where his opportunity is going to be better. And, job and, security, too, if they're working for their dad. They're not likely to get let go. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know, Jack. I don't know. So, again, as we're talking about the game, let's let's look ahead to Green Bay at San Francisco. Listen, San Francisco is probably the most physical team in the NFC. I would say they're even more physical than Detroit. You play San Francisco, there's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of teams that lose the following week after they play the 49ers. So, you know, Green Bay is not going to go and play in Dallas, who's going to be – they're not going to be fighting. They're not going to be arguing on a sideline. They're all together in San Francisco. I don't think the 49ers take Green Bay uh, for granted as Dallas did because, hey, you know, they saw what Green Bay did to Dallas. So there's there's going to be no surprise here, Jack. Again, I think this is where it ends uh, for – uh, for the for the Packers, I think they go in, they play a good game. I think the pressure is going to be on Jordan Love more than the Eagles. Eagles put no pressure on Jordan Love uh, a lot of the times. That's not going to happen this week. The, the San Francisco's got a fast. You mean the Cowboys didn't put pressure? Right, right. The right. They, Eagles they wouldn't have put any pressure on them. Had on they. anybody, they <laughs> wouldn't put pressures on me and you if we were back in the pocket. The point is, is that I think this is going to be a totally different. Different game for the Packers. It's a learning experience. I think that uh, San Francisco wins this. I think it's going to be close, Jack. I think I think it's going to be a close game because you got a young team again that wants to win really bad. I I would I would say that San Francisco maybe wins this game by seven points. Well, let me ask you this: Is it possible the Niners lost their edge? For the most part, they've had the number one seed, you know, with the buy locked up for about a month. They haven't had a big game in about a month or so. You know, where they really had to keep sharp. The Packers have been sharp. They had to beat the Chicago Bears the final game of the season to get into the playoffs. They had to make a late surge to get there. They had to beat the Dallas Cowboys. They've been up for this game. I hate to use the word momentum, but they have it. They're sharp. They're on top of their game. Could it be possible the Niners are just a little complacent? They'll be ready for the game. They'll be psyched by the mere fact it's a playoff game. They're two games away from the Super Bowl. Both games would be in San Francisco. But is it possible the Packers are just a little bit sharper going into, into this game? I think what they saw what happened at Dallas. That I, I mean, they got a week to get ready for them. I, I, you know, it's not like they're playing tomorrow. They, they got a week to get ready for these guys. They saw what happened at Dallas being complacent. I don't think they get complacent, Jack. Uh, I believe I'm with you, Sonia. I think they could Green Bay could build a two point oh themselves. And CJ, I would that that would be my dream. Belichick coming to the Giants. It's not I, happening. I know it's not happening. It's not happening. Ryan DePaul is pretty entrenched there. He's with showing Joe uh, Shine is GM yeah, and with his, his buddy. And, and listen, listen, Belichick worked with uh DePaul. He worked uh partly with shown at one time too in his career. I think they got a lot of respect for him, but I don't think Bill Belichick heads back to New York. I think it could happen. I think before they hand, hired the ball, there was a possibility, but Belichick wasn't going to leave the Patriots. That was the only possibility the Giants had to get them back. No, if you're a GM, Mac, yes, you want to know you can control the narrative. You want a coach you get along with, who's going to understand you're his superior in the chain of command. And that's what we have with the Giants. The ball understands Joe Shine is his superior. Joe Shine has tremendous respect for Brian DeBall. 
They worked together at Buffalo. They had the relationship. Joe Shine recruited Brian DeBall. He's his guy. If they moved on from Brian DeBall, it doesn't make the GM look that good. You want to always want to look good about your hiring. I agree. I agree. And you hire Bill Belichick. He's basically has to be in control. Look, if you went to Dallas and you had a big personality like Jerry Jones, a powerful owner, or Robert Kraft, you give in certain ways. You, but if you're a GM, you want you want the type of hiring someone who you can be in charge of, who knows that you're the boss. Yeah, I listen, I agree with you, Jack. I agree with you 100% there. Situation with Martindale, he heard he isn't completely gone. He's got a year left on his contract. I heard that they're going to let him out of it because they don't want him there uh, if he's not doesn't want to be there, Sonia. So I think he's gone. I'm not sure. Uh, they're going to have to address the situation, Mac, Mac. You get the feeling Martindale isn't just resigning because he has $3 million on the table. And he doesn't I, want to I, walk away from I, that. I, I would think so, but the Giants said if he walks away, he's not getting it. So we'll see what happens. And it would be terrible for Martindale to be there with that rift that we already know is there. I don't think – If you curse the head coach out and now you're coming back. Yeah, and that's you got, not gonna... And the head coach got rid of your assistants. That's not the healthiest relationship. No, no it's not. Now the players know that's a fracture in the relationship. And you don't want – yeah, and you don't want to splinter the locker room if nothing else. They played off. Yeah. they played their heart out all year. Well, so this big sign off season story is going to be Saquon Barkley. And yeah, he's already back. said he said his goodbyes, but that could be theatrics. If they franchise tag him, what's he going to do? I don't know. Uh, let's let's look at the Chiefs in Buffalo. Chiefs going into Buffalo first time in history that Patrick Mahomes and his history with the Chiefs is going to play in a way playoff game against a Bills team that looks really good, Jack. Uh, you know, listen, I, I don't I don't like to bet against Patrick Mahomes, and the, these games have been uh, unbelievable between the Bills and the and the Chiefs. I think that I think Bills finally win a game here, and they end up beating the Chiefs uh, at home, and uh, you know they they move on to the next round. Well, Bills only favored by two and a half points. <clears throat> Bills have a lot of injuries. There are a lot of there's certain flaws there that people aren't really seeing. I mean, they got off to a great start with the Steelers in that game, 21-0 lead, and then it looked like it was going to be 24-0 kickoff block. Steelers would turn it deep in the Bill territory, get a touchdown 21-7, and that tightened the game up where the Steelers got to within seven, you know, in the fourth quarter. But uh this is the Kansas City Chiefs. They find a way. And the weather's not going to have the same impact it would have with other teams that were going to Buffalo. Kansas City just got done winning the fourth coldest game in NFL history, okay, against the Miami Dolphins. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, his chemistry with his receivers is in question. But, you know, he... He, he mixes it up. He gets the ball to everybody. You know, he gets the right combination. He's like the chef who might not have one great ingredient, but, you know, he mixes it up. And, uh, and Pacheco running the ball, I mean, what a find he was from Rutgers, seventh-round draft choice, like awesome there. And Travis Kelsey, we mentioned earlier, has been hurting, but he could come up big in a game like that. And... Buffalo, basically the Chiefs can't allow Buffalo to have the big 
place. I know they'll be able to contain for the most part. I feel James Cook running the ball. Stephon. Well, well, that's where I disagree. With you. The, the Kansas City Chiefs have one of the worst run defenses. That's one of their worst. That's one of their biggest drawbacks. They got a great passing defense. Their running defense is nowhere close to their pass defense. I think Cook and Allen run the ball all over the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to come down to the last drive. It always has. I like, like I yeah. said, I like Buffalo. I like Buffalo. I like Buffalo at home. Close game. It's, uh, yeah. The oh, biggest yeah. surprise, Mac, will be if the game's not in doubt at the end. Yeah, I that, agree. That would, be, that would be the surprise. I mean, whoever we've you been, so, yeah. We've been surprised on the playoffs. Let, let's talk a little bit about, uh, of course, the other game, Houston against Baltimore, the you know the AFC rookie year against the MVP of the, at least of the AFC, the most valuable player, at least of the AFC. Um, good young quarterback, plays like a vet, is very, very accurate, handled that Cleveland defense, carved them up and against the, you know, the dual threat of, of you know of Jackson uh, running and passing, man, this is going to be a good game, Jack. I can't wait to watch. I'm I'm looking forward to this game more than I've looked forward to any game so far in the playoffs. I like I listen. I like Houston. I'm going to ride with I'm going to ride with with the Houston Texans. I think uh, I I think it's going to be an upset, and I think uh, Baltimore again gets stopped just before going to the championship game, Jack. I think I think the Ravens are clear level ahead of the Texans. Yeah. I don't even look for a close game, Matt. Oh I don't God. look no, for a close game you're even. The one advantage we took CJ Stroud, even we have boxes. They're boxes that go position by position where you check off which team has the edge. And the best thing Houston has going for them, even though they have a, a decent defense, decent. is CJ Stroud. But you check the box next to Lamar Jackson's name. He's the, he's going to be the best quarterback on the field this week. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Listen, Houston, Texas have contained Jackson every time they played him under the well, the last time they played him. CJ's with me. Sonya's with Mark me. Andrews is coming back as great tight end. Yes. Well, his his other tight end, I think might I think his other tight end that replaced him might be a little bit better. I don't know, but he will have that no. that dual threat. Uh, and, and CJ's going to, you know, go back and forth. I don't know what he's saying anyway. Anyways, Jack, Jack, let's, let's get some quick news in here. Uh, besides that, well, well, let's do our, let's do our picks right now. Let the people know Jim, Jeff, Coke, Tangle are three and one right now. Me, you are at two and two. Sonia and producer Linda are at three and well, we're five. Three and three, I think. Right. And they're like four and two. Maybe. No, they're three and five. Uh, Byron and Patrick, five. two and six. Well, it's got to make eight, right? Yeah, it's got to make eight games. Yeah, there were six games. Right. In the playoffs so far. Anyway, Pag's the only one picking the Eagles. Uh, I'm three and three. That's all I know. Okay, you're three and three. Uh, let's see. NBA news. Draymond Green did return uh, in Memphis, of course, to a bunch of booze. No answer for the NBA coaches against Jokic. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna throw. I mean, he's gonna. Well, last night Joe Lampita played Jokic. Yeah, it was that was pretty close. I mean, it was a good game by both. No, no, Embiid came on and Embiid uh, was phenomenal at the end of the game. Yeah, and so was Jokic. Over. Come on, that was They're watching a different game than I watched, Jack. Um, MLB, they have the international prospects uh, coming over from overseas. I'll give you a few here. Uh, let's see, uh, your, your, your name, 
Rodriguez went to the Mets. Francisco, uh, let me see if I can say this right. Blasso, uh, outfield, uh, he went to the Yankees. And uh, the Red Sox got a new center fielder, Valdemir Asensio. So, those, you know, we got the we got the international guys coming in, Jack, playing, and they play some good ball over here in the MLB now. Down south. Yeah, let's, yeah, well, let's hope the Yankees-Mets got the right guys. I mean, it's yeah, always, that's always a wild card. That's always, that's always a, uh, a treat to see if they do that. Before we go, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to uh, to Joel, who's been uh, – Joel Hunt, who's been helping us. Uh, get on MBR. He did the new intro for us. He did that overlay in the top for us. Uh, he's uh, he's quite a guy. He's from the military broadcasting radio. Check out their site, folks. They've got a lot of great shows over there, not just sports. They have shows about vets and, and them getting back in the workplace. And, of course, there's them that get to have their voice heard. So, anyway, yes, great job, Joe. They love the work you did over there if you're still listening. So, we'll be on MBR today. Also, so we're Jack. I said it before. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Plus now, so so the Mac and Jack uh, NESSP in the morning is all over the place. You can't you, you can't miss us now. I mean, this show is just unbelievably pop, popular. Uh, and we're coming to the end of the show. We've got uh, after us. We've got the Big Three podcast. We got a bunch of things on Roku. Today is back. We've got we've got the NFC East show. We've got Sonya's show. Uh, all things from a lady's point of view. We've got the Northeast Professional Sports Show. We got sports guys. Just set your Roku channel to Northeast Streaming Sports and just watch sports all night. That's what I would do. I'd have something to eat and sit back with a beverage and just watch sports all night. So that's what I plan on doing. I know you plan on doing the same thing, Jack. <laughs> so. I hope you have a lot of fun doing that, Mac, having your beverage. Yes. I, I, I mean, you should have more than one beverage, not alcohol. I mean, you know, it's not no. the last few shows. You, you should get refills as you go along. Yes, I always do that. Thank you, Sonia. Uh, yes, this network does rock. Folks, have a great Wednesday. We'll see you Friday on our show with Byron Williams. I think Keith is out in Vegas gambling way too much. I, I've tried to talk to him about it, and, uh, you know, he, he he needs help. I hope his wife. Well, he, he gambled on the games. I uh, hope he yeah. won. Oh, uh, he picked Philly. I know he picked Philly in Dallas, so I don't know. Anyway, folks, have a great day. We'll see you on Friday. Rebroadcast tomorrow. Roku, have a great day.